Thank you for checking out this episode of Christianity Still Makes Sense with Dr. Bobby Conway. This is a portion of a sermon delivered at Image Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. To hear the full message, head over to imagechurch.live and click watch. Hope you enjoy. But then again, I go out and hang out with Tim, uh, who is a vegetarian, uh, you know, our good pastor Tim. And I mean, the guy lives on a diet, basically, of breadsticks and macaroni and cheese. And I'm going, I don't think that can work either, right? So he's like, no, I'll contest that right there. So anyway, uh, for you that love chia seed and flaxseed and all of that, guess what? That's good for you. Keep it up. All right. Well, I read a story this morning, actually, and I thought, wow, this would be a nice place to fit it in, in my introduction. And it's a story about a guy who had been playing his piano in Hollywood at this bar, but one night, an individual in the audience said, I'm tired of hearing you play the piano, sing something. And he said, I don't sing. And the pressure began to mount up, and the bar owner said, listen, they want you to sing. If you want to get paid, sing. And in that moment, out came the voice of Nat King Cole, who would go on to be one of America's greatest entertainers, because somebody called him to get out of his comfort zone and step into his gifting. And here's what I want to say. Some of you have gifts that you need to step into. Some of you have gifts that aren't being unpacked, and gifts are meant to be unpacked, they're meant to be unwrapped, they're meant to be used, they're meant to be discovered, and you, as a creature of God, created, handmade by God, have a spiritual gift or spiritual gifts if you are a believer in Jesus. In fact, when we become believers in Christ, that is part of the package. Not only are our sins forgiven, not only is our guilt taken away, not only is our shame taken away, not only is there no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, not only do we get a sense of purpose in life, but we're given a gift or gifts. And can you imagine showing up in heaven someday with an unwrapped gift and just saying, ah, I never even opened it. I never even sought to crack the gift code. I never even sought to figure out what I was wired for in life. You were created to serve. You were created to discover your gifts. You were created to glorify God with your life. Your life is not about you. And your desires and your interests and your time is not your time to do whatever you want to do with. Your funds are not your funds to do whatever you want to do with. Your life as a Christian belongs to God. Everything about our life once we become Christians is signed over to God. In other words, we're saying as believers that guess what, God? We want you to govern our thoughts. We want you to be in charge of our emotions. We want you to be the, the God of our will and the decisions that we make. We want to fulfill the purpose for which you have created me for. 
Now that's a tough, that's a tough thought if maybe you're not a Christian and you're thinking, wait a second, you know, I just thought I'd come check out the church and I wanted you to kind of give me four or five, you know, practical truths. Uh, you know, I wanted you to go Tony Robbins on me, right? <laughs> Make me feel good. Give me, a, give me a spiritual buzz this morning, right? Tell me how great I am. Well, you, look, I think you're great, okay? But the Bible says that we're in need of forgiveness, that we're all jacked up, and especially yours truly. And we all need to get a clear vision of what we're doing here. Do you know what you're doing here? Have you figured that out? Because many people are just dithering to and fro. They're just kind of meandering through life. They're, they're, they're thinking that in such mundane ways, such down here ways. Like we need a, an above the sun perspective. We, we need something transcendent to capture us. We need to realize that if we're not careful, we could walk through life anesthetized and numbed to the reality that we were actually created by God for a purpose, for his glory. And that would be tragic to think that life is only about some of the things that we think it's about. It's so much bigger than that. And so I want to talk with you today about unwrapping your spiritual gift and to consider what that means. And so let me kind of set the table before we turn uh, and unpack the passage about unwrapping spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 11, where we'll be today. So we're working through this book, and if you're a guest with us, we welcome you here today. We're taking our time going through this book in the Bible. It's in the New Testament called 1 Corinthians. And this was written by Paul the Apostle around, you know, maybe 80, 55, 56, while he was in Ephesus. Paul founded this church in Corinth, which was kind of a part of the Grecian land. And it's a beautiful area out off the Mediterranean. And this is a place known at the time for incredible loose living. I mean, you had all kinds of male sex prostitutes that were having sex with other men. You had man-boy relationships going on. You had temple prostitutes where you could just show up and there was all kinds of sexual acts taking place. And as I've said before, this place called Corinth was like a combination of New York City, Hollywood, and, you know, you take it, like another place that's debauched, right? Bourbon Street in, you know, New in Louisiana, right? I mean, this place had its issues. This was the red light district of the day. And Paul founded a church, and people ended up placing their faith in Christ, but this church was still highly dysfunctional. Uh, this church did not have their priorities straight, and the people that had become Christians were struggling with one foot in the world and one foot into their newfound belief in Christ. They didn't really know how to go all in, and therefore they were remaining stuck. They were glued to the world, but they needed to get unstuck so that they could become utterly and completely glued to Christ. They needed to surrender their life to Jesus so that they could crack the code for what their life is meant to be. 
And you know what? That's the way it is in America today. A lot of people, they're living with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And sure, they'll say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, but it doesn't really grip their heart. It's not like a, a hook that just tagged a hold of them where they go, man, yeah, I, I, I want this. I want to go deep with Jesus. I want more out of my life. I know that I'm just kind of living. To, and and what, what ends up happening so often is we start living for the way that we think other people think we should live. And we get scared and uncomfortable to be all in for Jesus. It feels so risky. It feels like we might get rejected. It feels like people might think we're nuts. But as you know, an old pastor friend used to say to me, it's okay if we're nuts as long as we're screwed on the right bolt, okay? So keep that in mind. But when it comes to spiritual gifts, I want to distinguish between gifts and talents. Because you can have talents, but it's not the kind of thing that I'm talking about in its essence. And what do we mean by a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is something that God gives to every believer that places their faith in him for the purpose of helping build up the local church so that we all had a role to play. So when we all stand before the Lord someday, every one of us should have played a part in building the church. So to think of church as just, I go to service and I get fed and I hear a message and that's the sum of it, that's to completely miss it. You could spend your life faithfully going to church week after week after week after week and have never unwrapped the gift. And that would be a tragedy. See, there's more than just coming and listening, right? Because we're here to be a family unit, to grow together, to sharpen one another, to, to, to speak into each other's lives, to grow together and to serve. But there is such a me-centered approach to church, especially in America. I, I really didn't like the music today. I, I liked two of the three songs. And the message was okay, but the guy kind of lost me when he did this. And we just kind of see ourselves showing up as God's critics sometimes, right? Like, let me, and then we leave and go, yeah, I liked about seven of the ten things today, Lord. Um, I, but we forget that it's not about what we're liking and what we're not liking. It's about giving God our best in worship. It's about being attuned to him. It's about aligning to him. It's about, God, what do you want to do through me? What do you want to do in me as a result of today's message? How do you want to get a hold of me? How do you want me to get off the sidelines? Because many people approach church like a cruise ship instead of a battleship. What happens on a cruise ship is you're catered to. It's all-you-can-eat buffet. Everybody's there to serve you. But on a battleship, you recognize that we're in a war. We roll our sleeves up, and we all got to have each other's back. And the church is a battleship. It's not a cruise ship. If it's a cruise ship, it's going to sink. So a gift then versus a talent is it can be that you were gifted with or you have the talent of teaching as a profession but if you become a believer and you find yourself using that talent in the church, what makes it a gift is it has a spiritual component in that the purpose is to help build up the church. And so there are different types of gifts in the Bible. There are speaking gifts, there are serving gifts, and there are sign gifts. And some of you might have speaking gifts, encourager, teacher, evangelist. Others of you might have 
serving gifts, hospitality, uh, you know, helping others out, leadership, administration. Then there are these sign gifts, and that has to do with maybe prayers for healing or speaking in tongues or some of the more charismatic features. But when it comes to these gifts, which, by the way, the primary passages would be 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, Ephesians chapter 4, Romans chapter 4, and 1 Peter 4, where you learn about these gifts. And these gifts that you see in those lists are not exhaustive, but they're illustrative of the gifts. So it's not like those are the only gifts that you see there. Now, when it comes to these gifts, some people would say that the sign gifts have ceased. So that would be known as cessationism, ceased. Some would say that these gifts have ceased, like the gift of healing, miracles, tongues. Others are sensationalists, where, man, they just seem like they go off the deep end. This, this is the person who's always, you know, prophesying over your life. It's as if they got a direct line to... God, and, and when you're going through life saying, God told me this, God told me this, God told me this, like 15 times a day, let, let, trust me, God's not telling you things 15 times a day. It's just not happening. You're, you're being influenced by your emotions. You're confusing what you feel with what God wants. Uh, think about how far and few between these direct revelations were to people in the Bible. So it's not to say that God's not speaking to us, but if you want to hear God speaking to you, you can read right here in the Word, but these Specific words, do I think God speaks to us? Sure. But, the, but it's often in a transition moment where it's something unique. You're, you're needing wisdom on transition or if it's a big decision. But he's not thinking, you know, you really should get the rye toast instead of the sourdough. Right? So we end up kind of looking silly sometimes. And I've had this happen where, you know, many Christians have, that thought they had these sign gifts, spoke over my life, and the things never happened. And I thought, i got to start discerning a little bit more about what these people are telling me. Because early on, you're told, oh, God speaks through the church. And so you just buy it, hook, line, and sinker. What the church says, well, God does speak through the church, but we have to still discern about the church that we're in. And so there's cessationists that would say these sign gifts have ceased. There's sensationalists that lack discernment. And then there's biblicists, right? That's that charismatic in a seatbelt idea. And that's what we want to do. We want to be open but cautious when it comes to these gifts. And Paul's going to help them in that way. So look, if you will, but before, listen to this statement by the great New Testament scholar, Craig Keener. Many of us who affirm and practice spiritual gifts would feel more comfortable among anti-charismatics who are at least grounded in Scripture than among such flaky charismatics. You didn't feel that that much? I kind of felt it. I mean, I thought you would really like that, right? All right. I'm assuming you did. Here's the first point. Spiritual gifts are meant to be unwrapped. Check it out. Chapter 12, verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts. Now, there's a little bit of a textual issue. uh, And if you are... um, In your Bible, you might notice that there's a little footnote number, like mine has the number seven in my ESV. And that's because the word gifts is not in the New Testament Greek manuscripts. You're like, so what's it doing there? Well, what you have is the word 
spiritual, which is a plural adjective. So this begs the question then, what's it advertising? What's the word spiritual referring to? Is it referring to spiritual persons, right? Or is it referring, referring to spiritual gifts? Now concerning spiritual persons or spiritual gifts. So some would say that it's referring to spiritual persons, the fact that we're just spiritual people. Others would say it's referring to spiritual gifts. I think when you look at the overall context, it's referring to spiritual gifts, and most scholars come down on it that way. Uh, so the context goes on, and we can keep reading. Brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed, okay? So concerning spiritual gifts. This is a phrase now concerning, you know, spiritual gifts that we should be attuned then to be thinking about what's to come. And we're going to get into, for the next few chapters, chapters 12 to 14, spiritual gifts. And we're going to have that great love chapter coming in in verse 13 where we're going to see love trumps all, right? Like the church was getting divided as a result of being competitive with their gifts. And you know what? That's a sad thing when spiritual gifts uh, cause people to get fleshly. Like, why don't I have that gift? And we start getting jealous of each other or envious of each other, and we don't celebrate each other. We should all realize that God has made us the way he's made us, and we should embrace the person he's made us to be. But sadly, sometimes the church starts to hemorrhage because of jealous people, envious people, insecure people. Uh, lack of appreciative people. Why am I not like that? Well, God, you didn't give me this gift, so I'm not gonna serve at all. You didn't give me that gift, so I'm not gonna even bother unwrapping that gift. Instead of appreciating what we do have and celebrating what we do have. And that's what we're gonna work toward in this next couple chapters of really trying to discover our gifts and use them and appreciate each other's gifts as the body of Christ. So he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be uninformed or I do not want you to be ignorant. What's he saying there? That, that we should be in the know about this, that, that this is a topic where we shouldn't stay in the dark about. And it's a topic that we shouldn't stay in the dark about collectively and individually. So I would ask you a question. Do you know what your spiritual gift is? Are you in the dark about that? Are you in the mood to figure that out? You desire to know because that's something that the Bible's telling us right there. Don't be ignorant about this. In other words, this isn't a treasure hunt trying to figure out our gifts. And I think sometimes it's like we get exhausted by all the spiritual gift tests, right? And like I took this test and I took this test and I did this and I'm still not really sure. And sometimes one of the dangers is, is we think we haven't discovered our gift because we don't think it's something we're excited about. And that's modern day business principles getting wrapped in spiritual gift inventory tests that make us think that we haven't discovered our gift unless we're jacked up about it. Like, not jacked up like mentally unhealthy, like, you know, we all are, right? <laughs> but jacked up in the sense like fired up, excited. Because that's business stuff. Like, sure, God can give us a burden to use our gifts, but it doesn't mean that it's going to feel that way for everybody. And so if you're in the dark about this, 
God wants you to be able to unwrap it. He's given you a gift. And if you're not aware of what that is, then either the Bible is not being accurate in saying that we've been gifted with gifts, or we haven't taken the time to figure it out. Now, what prevents us from knowing our gifts? It could be worldly distractions. It could be that we are morally compromised in our life, which therefore has messed up our discerner and has made it difficult for us to kind of tap into all that God would have in store for us. It could be that we have a consumer approach to church and we don't approach church thinking that we actually are called to be a part of the church, not just to come and absorb something an hour a week. That's an absorption mentality, right? Like, like imagine, imagine a child in a family, and the only time you saw the child show up is he dropped in, and he ate, and he bailed. Didn't offer to clean, didn't have conversations with you, never helped out around the house, just showed up and ate and left. That's the way a lot of people approach church. They just consume. They, they miss what it means to be a part of a church and help prepare the meal and help serve the meal. Am I making sense here? Okay, that, that makes me feel good, right? I'm happy to know that that's happening right now. Right? Um, and so, you know, what do we do when it comes to our gifts? Like, I know when I was, um, I noticed um, a typo on number two that's going to be coming. Let's add a T to the word gifts and make it gifts. Um, thank you. That's on me because I'm the one that wrote that. But I, I'm a little bit of a grammatical Nazi, and I don't like when I find typos, especially after I think that I've read it, right? That'll drive you crazy. Imagine publishing a book, and it's been through the entire process, and then you read your book and go, wait, how did I miss that? Too late, right? But as these spiritual gifts are concerned, I think that when we're kids, for example, remember how excited you would be when the gifts would be under the tree? You thought about those gifts, you looked at them. I mean, when mom wasn't around, if you were like me, you might even try to like finesse that piece of tape away and just to kind of look in there and get a little snapshot just because you could not wait to see what that gift was. You'd pick it up and shake it and you would hope that it wouldn't sound like anything that was fabric, <laughs> right? No kid wants clothes, right? Like my mom thought it was a good idea to stock up on my briefs at Christmas time and I thought, Mom, that, look, that's terrible timing here, right? Fruit of the loom and Christmas joy don't go together, right? But when you shook it and felt like, oh, man, I think there's some action figures in there, some Star Wars. I wonder if it's Han Solo or Chewbacca, right? You're like, yo, this is getting good, right? Or, or you shake it and you're like, I think I might have got a Lego castle in this one, right? I'm going to be building, which, by the way, I did get a Lego castle, Spent a lot of time building it, and then my younger brother decided to demolish it when he was like two, and then that really created frustration, and then I would torture him for the rest of his existence. 
But you shake those boxes. You want to know. You're peeking. But we've been given these gifts. And we got we to gotta pick it up and shake it. Like, and you know what you're doing too? Sometimes you're like, oh, oh that gift's not for me. That's, that's for Tim. That gift's not. Like you want to find, where's my gift? Right? In, in the church, like we kind of want, we kind of want to open up Jenny's gift. Or we want to unpack, you know, John's gift. But, but that's John's gift and that's Jenny's gift. It's your gift that, that's been given to you. All right? Thank you for checking out this episode of Christianity Still Makes Sense. This show is just one of the many resources available to those who are doubting their Christian faith. You can also find others at ChristianityStillMakesSense.com. This is a listener-supported show, and your gift of any amount helps shows like this continue. Click on the donate link on our website. Also, catch Bobby on Pastor's Perspective, where he answers your questions. Finally, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to click subscribe and check out our other videos on the channel. This show was sponsored by K-Wave and Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa.